me think of the idea of like a bottle of water is 50 cents at the store, but it's $10 at a theme park. So maybe your skill, you're not, you're getting the 50 cents right now, but it's because you're not putting it in the right spot. And if you could be doing the, the exact same job you're doing, but at a whole different location, and it would change everything about it. Welcome to Learn With Us, brought to you by 303 and You. We are a team of four non-financial advisors who are exploring a revolutionary new financial approach that goes beyond money to prioritize your emotional, mental, and spiritual well-being. Through weekly meetings and engaging podcasts, we strive to help you improve all aspects of your well-being as well as ours. Come join us on this journey of growth and self-improvement because at 303 and U, we believe true wealth extends beyond dollars and cents. Happy learning. Hey guys, welcome back. Thanks for joining us here at 303. How was everyone doing this morning? Not too bad yourself. I'm good. I'm good. Juan, what about you? It's a great day to be alive. All you listeners back home, I hope y'all are doing well too this morning. We're going to go over the camel trader at Babylon. All right, guys. So let's get started on this camel trader. I want to start off with saying that the very first line, actually, I really liked. As soon as I read it. I like that line too. Yeah, as soon as I read it, I was just like, wow. Like, I think I went back and read it like two or three through two or three times. It says, the hungrier one becomes, the clearer one's mind works. Also, the more sensitive one becomes to the odor of food. Juan said that that was literally talking about food, um, like with fasting. But right. when I read it, I first took it as your goals or whatever you're trying to reach or achieve or do. Um, that's what I was thinking. The one or once your mind becomes hungry for it, then your mind is clear and you're focused on that. That's what I got at it, too. I didn't take it so literally as hungry as you're starving, but you're starving for the knowledge or you're starving for the want. So you're going to go and it's going to be your drive to make you go start your next project. Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I agree with both of you. The first lot, because the first part of the sentence sounds like what you're saying, but then when you read the second part of the sentence, it makes you think that's more about actual hunger. Oh no. Yeah, it is. Because if you continue reading, it does talk about him. Um, He tasted no food except for two small figs. So it is talking about food, but I feel like it can be perceived as another way. Yeah, totally. Juan, what is your thought? My mind immediately goes to to fasting, as as it's traditionally understood, when you deprive your body of nutrients for an extended period of time. And how, I think it was 2005, I don't know when it was discovered, but some scientists from Japan, I think, got the Nobel Prize for recording the benefits of fasting. And um, yeah, I think... I think it's 100% true that once you go into a fasting state, your mind just opens up and you and you can see things differently. Is it like a survival instinct? Yes. Yeah, because what happened back in the day, we didn't have access to food the, the way we do now. So the human body evolved to be in a state of uh, caloric deprivation. So you, you, the, the human body never had enough food. And that's how it basically survived for thousands of years, if you believe in evolution. Do you know if they happen to maybe study like monks? Because don't, don't monks practice fasting? 
Maybe it's not monks, but I thought it was. I don't know what I don't know what the Japanese guy studied. We've known that fasting helps for thousands of years. Like the religions. I was I think fasting is in a lot of religions. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, and you think that's also to help clear the mind as well as giving up the food. Because okay. that's what closer. I always thought it was for. It was to like give up. I think it's to get closer to your spiritual yeah, to side so, and your mental side. Yeah, like, also gives you uh, your life longevity, doesn't it? Life longevity. Yeah, it helps. It helps with longevity also because your body cannibalizes the weak cells, so it feeds off of those. I think the co- the process is called. Um, uh, it doesn't have autophagy. something to do with. Doesn't have something to do with your ketones. Autophagy. Keto, correct. This sounds like something I want to do. <laughs> oh, is that that other diet there? No, that's something else. Fat. Yeah, like the keto diet. Yeah, but it, we're not talking about the diet. We're talking about the, the no, state. No, but is that what it's doing? Is hitting that? That's what it is. Is when you eat all those fats, it puts you into keto state so that your body starts breaking down. Oh, yeah. Yeah. ketosis. Yeah, they call it. Yeah. So the the human body takes energy from uh, sugar or fat. And if you're in a keto state, then your body is taking energy from fat rather than sugar. It's like long-term energy, fat, and then short-term energy, term energy, sugar. So at any point, your body is going to be burning sugar in order to survive and storing the fat. But if you stop eating, then the body will have to go to the fat. And then that's when keto, in, in, in a very, very simple no, yeah, I know, obviously. There's a lot lot more to it. But because your body, I don't know what happens to the brain exactly, but it somehow, it allows you to just be more focused. You're, fo- you're in, in kind of a, because you are in a survival mode, you need to be more uh, aware of your surroundings, basically, so that you can see the food better. That's what I'm thinking. So if you're more aware and you can see the food better, you know, you can you can catch something and you'll stop being hungry. You're going to know how to make a trap now because it's more important to you. Yeah. So anyways, the hungrier one becomes, the clearer one's mind works. Also, the more sensitive one becomes to the odor of food. Tarkad, the son of Azur. How do you say that name? Azur? Certainly thought so. For two whole days, he had tasted no food except two small figs purloined from over the wall of a garden not another could he grab before an angry woman brushed forth and chased him down the street her shrill cries were still ringing in his ears as he walked through the marketplace they helped him to retrain his restless fingers from snatching and tempting fruits from the baskets of the market women so he's walking around babylon hungry no money because he owes people money he's kind of down on his luck as he's walking around in his abstraction, he unexpectedly found himself face to face with the one man he wished most to avoid, a tall bony figure of Bansir, the camel trader. Of all the friends and others from whom he had borrowed small sums, Dabasir made him feel the most uncomfortable because of his failure to keep his promises to repay promptly. Dabasir, <laughs> I keep like stumbling Sorry. on his name. Every time I see it, my brain goes, what? <laughs> I know it is a hard it is a hard word. Uh, Dabasir's face lightened up at the sight of him. Ha, tis Tarkad, just the one I have been seeking that he might repay the two pieces of copper which I lent him a moon ago. Also, the piece of silver which I lent to him before that. We are well met. I can make good use of the coins this very day. What say, boy? What say? Tarkad stuttered with his face flushed. 
He had a knot in his empty stomach to nerve him to argue with the outspoken Davisir. I am sorry, very sorry, he mumbled weakly. But this day I have neither the copper nor the silver with which I could repay. Then get it, Davisir insisted. Surely thou canst get a hold of a few copper and a piece of silver to repay the generous generosity of an old friend of thy father who aided thee whence thou wast in need. Tis because ill fortune does pursue me, I cannot pay. Ill fortune? Wouldst blame the gods of thine own weakness? Ill fortune pursues every man who thinks more of borrowing than repaying. This is very true. Come with me, boy, while I eat. I am hungry, and I would tell thee a tell. That makes me think of the goddess of luck, but it seems like the opposite. You know, it's saying that if you're going to, the more you borrow, it's going to start putting your, only to leave you into more horrible opportunities. Yeah. Tarkad flinched from the brutal frankness of Dabasir, but here at least was an invitation to enter the covet doorway of the eating house. Dabasir pulled himself to a far corner of the room where they seated themselves upon small rugs. How do you say that name? Kashkur? I have no idea. When Kashkur? After they set themselves on the small rocks, Dabasir addressed him with his usual freedom. Fat lizard of the desert, bring me a leg of the goat, brown with much juice and bread, and all the vegetables, for I am hungry and want much food. Do not forget, my friend here, bring to him a jug of water. Have it cooled, for the day is hot. Tarkad's heart sank. Must he sit here and drink water while he watched this man devour an entire goat leg? He said nothing. (laughs) He thought of nothing. At least there was ice water. Yeah, it was cold. <laughs> I'm sorry. He said nothing. He thought of nothing he could say. Dabasir, however, knew no such thing as silence, smiling and waving his hand good-naturedly to the other customers, all of whom knew him, he continued. I did hear from a traveler just returned from Urfra of a certain rich man who had a piece of stone cut so thin that one could look through it. He put it in the window of his house to keep out the rains. It is yellow, so the traveler does relate, and he was permitted to look through it, and all the outside world looked strange and not like it really is. What say you to that, Tarkad? Thinkest all the world could look to a man a different color from what it is? I dare say, responded the youth, much more interested in the fat leg of goat placed before Dabasir. Well, I know it to be true for myself, have seen the world all of different color from what it really is, and the tale I'm about to tell relates how I came to see it in its right color once more. Dabasir will tell a tale, whispered a neighboring diner to the neighborhood. Oh, sorry. Dabasir will tell a tale, whispered a neighboring diner to his neighbor, and dragged his rug close. Other diners brought their food and crowded in a semicircle. They crunched noisily in the ears of Tarkad, and brushed him with their meaty bones. He alone was without food. Dabasir did not offer to share with him, nor even motion him to a small corner of the hard bread that was broken off and had fallen to the platter on the floor. So right now, Tarkad <coughs> is in this eating house with all these people with food, and he's starving. And he's about <laughs> to listen to Tarkad tell a story of how the world looks different than it really is through depending on your point of view it sounds like a really horrible place to be why everybody's sitting there eating having a good time and then they're like oh nice now we're getting a story too and you're 
starving? I did that. Sounds so I, horrible. I do find it funny that you won't even offer him the burnt corners of the bread. You, you're not even allowed to have my crumbs. It's like not even the scraps. Something you would give your dog. The Basir then, well, goes as far as he can, as he's allowed to when he got married to his um to his wife at a young age. The guy says that basically everything was going fine until the merchants started giving him the freedom to pay later. So basically, they gave him credit. Once they gave him credit, um, he says that he basically, well, he knew that he wasn't supposed to um, spend his money on, on stuff, but he did it anyways. Look, let me show you. So he says, soon I found that the shopkeepers would trust me to pay later, even though I could not pay at the time. So that's when they decide to give him credit. Then he says, being young and without experience, I did not know that he who spends more than he earns is sowing the winds of needless self-indulgence, from which he is sure to reap the whirlwinds of trouble and humiliation. So he says, if you spend more than you earn, you're going to get in trouble, basically. But he didn't know that. That's what he says. He didn't know that. But I guess you can give him the benefit of the doubt. Because he didn't know that, he says, So I indulged my whims of fine raiment and bought luxuries for my good wife and our home. So the guy spent his credit on luxury. This is a, this is a good detail, huh? because had he spent it on, I don't know, an appreciating asset, the story would have been different. But he's no, I really like that because it's it's still modern today. That happens to everybody. They turn 20 and they get a credit card and... Then they go out and they get a house. And now this house, no one wants a house with nothing in it. So you start buying all everything. And then now you're like, what are, what are all these bills? Yeah. Eventually, eventually you're going to find yourself in a situation where you don't make enough money. Your, your debts are so high that you cannot work to survive and to pay the debt at the same time. And that's what happened to Dabasir. It's a dangerous place to be. Too, too dangerous. Right after that, of course, they're not going to wait any second. The creditors began to pursue him so that he could pay them back. In order to pay them back, he borrowed from his friends. But then he couldn't pay his friends. So, all right, now the creditors were off his back. But then he now didn't have any friends because the money that he paid them, he couldn't the money that he borrowed from them, he couldn't pay it back. So their friendship got deteriorated because of that. So now the guy's alone. They should have listened to the story about the ass and the bull, <laughs> and then they wouldn't have ever borrowed money. No, this guy this guy definitely didn't ask for any guidance. The, see, his, his situation got so bad that his wife had to go back. He ha Well, the wife didn't leave him. The wife had to go live somewhere else with her dad, basically, because he couldn't, he, he had no money to support anybody. Like, couldn't even feed his wife. Not even. So he struggles for two years. He tries to do work here and there, but nothing. He, he's just, it doesn't say why he's not successful. I don't want to say he doesn't have good work ethics, but it, he's just not successful for some reason. So after two years, I think, yeah, I think it's two years. That's right. He meets some robbers. And he, you know, they, they give him the promise of easy, free money. And in his desperation, he had, I, I must assume he had no other choice in his eyes. So he just follows them and starts to do business with them. Business, quote, unquote. Because at one point, they robbed the wrong person and they all get, um, whatchamacallit, they all get taken prisoner. 
And Abbasir gets sold as a slave to the Syrians. For only two pieces of silver. For reals. Like, Man, that would hurt. <laughs> yeah, that's just a little more than he owes. It's, it's weird. Oh, that, what he owes Abbasir, actually, because he might owe more to other friends. Yeah, so he could be taking this guy as a slave right now. He owes him one piece of silver and two bronze. Oh, I mean, a couple more, he'll be slave territory. Well, you, dude, that's right. That was a uh, that was that was law back in the day. It's. I thought that it was fascinating that Dabasir says, "Look, even though I was taken prisoner because of my debt, I still didn't understand the gravity of my situation." And that's a lot of us because when. When I when I start to think about it, well, when I think about it, there's a lot of instances in my life where I honestly did not even care about the repercussions of being in debt. It was it just. It, what do you yeah. mean? It's almost mm-hmm. a way of life, though. Like yeah. you're well, supposed to be in debt. Yeah. That's like what you everyone tells you. You didn't care if you owed people money or. I didn't yeah. think about yeah. I didn't think about what would, what it would mean to owe someone money. Yeah, I just I just thought, oh, I need I need money now. Let me borrow. Well, like this guy, he's so, it says he's being a reckless youth. I thought it merely an adventure. Yeah, and he was still there uh, until until something really bad. <laughs> yeah, they <laughs> they threatened. Yeah, he's to robbing him. people. He's having a good time, <laughs> and now he's like, "Oh, this this is real. Like I'm 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 a slave." Not yet, not yet, bro. Oh, he gets taken. What? So the guy who still. buys him as a slave takes him, and they need to decide what they're going to do with him. So he go, he takes him to the house and presents him to his four wives. And he tells them, why don't we make him a eunuch? A eunuch, I'm sorry. We had to look that up because we were not sure. Yeah, bro. I looked it up. Yeah. It wasn't great. It's not great at all. Oh, Amanda has it right here for you. Well, I don't know if I can. It says, a man who has been castrated, especially in the past, one employed to guard the women's living areas in, the, in an Asian court. So you become a guard for the four wives, but so he doesn't have to worry about you. He snips you. Come back. <laughs> That's when Sounds he realized. Like... <laughs> I don't want to be a eunuch. <laughs> Can you imagine? Eunuch. <laughs> yeah. So now I get what you're saying. Now he's like, oh, just borrowing money from people. And now look at the situation I'm in. Yeah. Now so he's this about is to lose the point twice. where it got real. <laughs> He's about to lose his freedom because he's a slave and he's about to lose something else. About to too. lose everything. <laughs> Probably being a slave, he was almost happy. You know, if you think about it, he's going to have food and he'll have something to do all day. He's not going to have to live on the street. Oh, yeah, I don't think he was, he was like, happy. Well, he, did, well, he still wasn't scared yet up until this point. Yeah, now it says fearful I stood <laughs> as these four women looked me over. <laughs> like, oh boy. <laughs> I hope I look weak. <laughs> yeah, I hope nobody likes. I hope I hope they think I'm ugly. Like, what do you? Well, it's pathetic to yeah. not be able to protect them. Right. He couldn't do anything. They were the 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 Syrians who captured him. They they were too strong. They had all the weapons. He literally couldn't do anything at that point. But to just hope for some kind of mercy. Yeah. Hope and pray and cross your fingers. I guess. Yeah. It doesn't seem so. It says the two younger of the wives thought it was just an exciting joke. When This poor guy. Yeah, poor guy. Poor guy. <laughs> so Dabasir finds himself, you know, in front of the knife and he doesn't want to be there. So for some reason, let's call it luck. One of the yeah. wives, one of the wives says, wait, no, we have a lot of eunuchs. But I don't have anybody that can tend my camels properly. So yeah, properly. So the guy, the 
the owner said, oh, okay, that's a good point. C can the slave do anything with the camels? And then Damasir immediately, he says, oh, this is my chance. <laughs> this is this to go is back to the lady luck again. This is her right here saying, you have two choices. <laughs> luck is going to, I'm giving you one option right now to get out of this. Like, mm -hmm. Or ignore it and let miss the opportunity. Right. That's right. This is your, this is your chance. Exactly. That one moment to quote Eminem. <laughs> All right. So he says, well, the master goes, what know you of camels? Then Dabasir says, striving to conceal my eagerness, I replied, I can make them kneel. I can load them. I can lead them on long trips without tiring. If need be, I can repair their trappings. The, the slave speaks forward enough, observed my master. If thou, if thou so desire, Sira, that was the, um, the wife who proposed to have him as a camel trader. If thou desire, Sira, take this man for thy camel tender. So I was turned over to Sira, and that day I led, I led her camel upon a long journey to her sick mother. I took the occasion to thank her for her interse intercession and also to tell her that I was not a slave by birth, but the son of a free man, an honorable saddle maker of Babylon. I also told her much of my story. Her comments were disconcerting to me, and I pondered much afterwards on what she said. So this guy... I don't know if he was seeking for some, um, should, what do you say? Some, when you empathy? Yeah, let's say sympathy. But he sure. didn't get it from Sira. Oh, yeah. He, yeah. Was, he was looking for empathy but or sympathy. Wait. That's right. He, he was, I think, sympathy or emp sympathy, maybe. Sympathy comes from empathy, right? I don't know. He was definitely but, looking yeah. for sympathy no. from Sym it. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm not a slave and I'm glad you're trying, like. Uh, yeah, I feel like you have empathy so you can give sympathy. Does that make sense? So you can do that. So. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Continue. So Sira, you know, instead of being, oh, life is hard. I'm sorry. She goes, <laughs> how can you call yourself a free man when your weakness has brought you to this? If a man has in himself the soul of a slave, will he not become one? No matter what his birth, even as water seeks its level, if a man has within him the soul of a free man, will he not become respected and honored in his own city in spite of his mis misfortune? That's what she told him. She slapped him in the face with some truth. Yeah. For real. That's kind of like the poor thing that from the last book was that if you say you're poor, then you're going to be poor forever. But if you say, like, if you say I'm a slave, well, then you're a slave forever and you're never going to be anything. The idea, what she's trying to say is that, look, you can talk all you want, but it's, it's, you, you know, you know, the tree by its fruit. I think that's how the saying goes. You could sit here and call yourself whatever you want, but you're my camel slave. Yeah. You're still a slave. You're, you're acting like a slave. You, you, it, it was your actions. Your actions are, are that of a slave. The analogy here is, well, actually, never mind, because you guys are going to talk about that. So what happens? That's all she said, because for over an eight, for over a year, I was a slave and lived with the slaves. That was, that, that's, that's what Dabasir said. But something something was different because I'm imagining, let's say, Dabasir would show up to his shift, quote unquote, with all the other slaves. And then the slaves would do slave stuff. I'm going to say, I don't know. They Cooking would, and cleaning. and Correct. Or, or, or they would um, waste waste their money they would not they would go to bars and and be drunk all the time they would smoke a lot they would they would do slave stuff but he wasn't doing that instead 
he would be on his own. And I think that's something that caught um, Sira's attention because even though this guy was, quote unquote, looked like a slave, he wasn't really acting like one at that particular moment. You see what I'm saying? Because he could have he could have <clears throat> stayed with the slaves the whole time like they did and and have fun in the slave way. But he didn't try to get your five minutes of peace from, you know, relaxing however they did it, you're saying. But he was like, I'm going to spend this time actually doing something. So I'm not a slave anymore. I, like I need to not be a slave. Or he was doing nothing, but he still yeah. wasn't with the slaves. Correct. He just couldn't be with exactly. He couldn't do the things that he, slaves he just did. did. Yeah. Yeah. He wasn't mingling with them. So he did this for over a year. So for over a year, he did. He he was working like a slave, but wasn't being a slave. So Sarah asked me in the even time when the other slaves can mingle and enjoy the society of each other. Why dost thou sit? in thy tent alone. Why, Bonsier? Why? To which I respond, I am pondering what you have said to me. I wonder if I have the soul of a slave. I can't join them, so I must be, so I must sit apart. I too must sit apart, she confided. My diary was large, and my lord married me because of it, yet he does not desire me. What every woman longs for is to be desired. Because of this, and because I am barren, and have neither son nor daughter, must I sit apart. Were I a man, I would rather die than be such a slave, but the conventions of our tribe make slaves of women. Is that saying if she got a divorce, she would be a slave? I don't think so. No, she's, I think she's being um, metaphorical. Oh, she's saying she is a slave because she's married. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. In that particular culture. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What think thou of me? By this time, I asked her suddenly, have I the soul of a man or have I the soul of a slave? Have you a desire to repay the just debts you owe in Babylon? Yes, I have the desire, but I see no way. If thou contentedly let the years slip by and make no effort to repay, then thou hast but the contemptible soul of a slave. No man is otherwise who cannot respect himself, and no man can respect himself who does not repay honest debts. But what can I do? Who am I but a slave in Syria? So stay a slave in Syria, thou weakling. <laughs> That's mean. Yeah. I'm not a weakling, I denied hotly. Then prove it. How? Does not thy great king fight his enemies in every way he can, and with every force he has? Thy debts are thy enemies. They ran thee out of Babylon. You left them alone, and they grew too strong for thee. Hast fought them as a man, thou couldst have conquered them and been one honored among the townspeople. But thou had not the soul to fight them, and behold, thy pride hast gone down until thou art a slave in Syria. This girl, like, wow. She's, She's like, I ain't taking none of your crap. She's giving it to him straightforward. I really, like, go ahead. Oh. I really like that point where he's where she says, "Does not thy great king fight his enemies in every way he can and with every force he has?" This this leads me to, to I I can think of so many great leaders who, if you think about it, the only reason they were great leaders is because they did exactly that. They used all of their energy, all of their focus was on on doing this one thing that they were doing at the time. In this case. Let's say, I don't know, Elon Musk doing Tesla, doing X space or, or Mark Zuckerberg doing Facebook. It was their, their focus was so straight, epic, so epic. Yeah. So <laughs> epic that they, they just had to succeed. 
And if we if we were just to take that same method and apply it to debt, then we would we would see change. No, that's same. what I liked. She said, "Make think of them as enemies." And if someone was coming to kill you, you're not just going to be like, "Well, what am I going to do? I have nothing to do. I'm just going to sit down." Like you're going to no, you're going to grab a sword. So go go grab a sword. Go out there fight. Go. Yeah. You're not. You know. But if you're thinking of them and they're just like, oh, it's just debt, whatever. You're never going to conquer it. Not at all. He goes on to say, much I thought over her unkind accusations and many defensive phrases. I worded to prove myself not a slave at heart, but I was not to have the chance to use them. Three days later, the maid of Sarah took me to her mistress. This part is hilarious because he basically... You know that thing that we all do after we have an argument? We start thinking of all the comebacks that we could have said. Yeah. He's that's like, what he in was the doing. shower. Yeah, that's yeah. what he I'm going to get her. He's like, I'm going to say <laughs> this and I can say this. Yeah. I'm not a slave because of this, because of that. That's funny. So then she goes, she goes on to say, my mother, again, is very sick. Saddle the two best camels in my husband's herd. Tie on water skins and saddlebags for a long journey. The maid will give thee food at the kitchen tent. So he packed the camels. He goes to pack up the camels and says, I packed the camels, wondering much at the quantity of the provisions the maid provided. For the mother dwelt less than a day's journey away. The maid rode the rear camel, which followed, and I led the camel of my mistress. When we reached her mother's house, it was just dark. Syria dismissed the maid and said to me, Davasir, hast thou the soul of a free man or the soul of a slave? The soul of a free man, I insisted. Now is thy chance to prove it. Thy master hath imbibed deeply, and his chiefs are in a stupor. Take these, then camels, and make thy escape. Here in this bag is raiment of thy masters to disguise thee. I will say thou stole the camels and ran away while I visited my sick mother. Thou hast the soul of a queen, I told her, much do I wish that I might lead thee to happiness? Happiness, she responded, awaits not the runaway wife who seeks it in the far lands among strange people. Go thy own way, and may the gods of the desert protect thee, for the way is far and barren of food or water. I needed no further urging, but thanked her warmly, and was away into the night. I knew not the strange country, and I had only a dim idea of the direction in which laid Babylon but struck out bravely across the desert towards the hills. One camel I rode, the other I led. I know all that night I traveled, and all the next day urged on by the knowledge of the terrible fate that was meted out to slaves who stole their master's property and tried to escape. <laughs> I wanted to point that out real fast, because when I first heard that, it says, I just want to repeat it again. It says, all that night I traveled and all the rest day, urged on by the knowledge of the terrible fate that was meted out to slaves who stole their master's property and tried to escape. Does that mean that while he's riding through the desert, he sees like dead bone or like bones and, and things? No, I think he just knows <laughs> if he doesn't keep going and he gets caught, he's thinking of the fate that oh. is going to be waiting for him basically. I really took that's that. That's what I thought. Okay. I really took it as like a visual thing that there were people that, that like had failed the journey and he was 
She was like saying crosses all along the road. Where yeah, people hung like up. burial sites or like it was no. He, I th- he just knew what was going to happen to him because oh okay. You know the wife can't say oh I let him go. She had to say he stole the camels and ran off. So he's he's saying that I know what's going to happen to me if I stop. I got you. Okay. I was going to say, I really, really liked this part. And actually, I told Juan that for some reason, because I'm emotional sometimes, that almost made my eyes water. Only because she saw that he, she saw something in him and that he wasn't a slave because he had proved himself to not be like the others. And so she gave him a chance to break away. I like how... She fills a bag full of food, and he's like, what the heck? It's only a day away. Yeah, it doesn't even take a day to get there. What What are we doing? It's definitely crazy. I don't know. I, I really like the whole story for some reason. This is one of my favorite chapters so far. It's quite a journey, and then he ran out of food and water, and the heat of the sun is merciless, and at the end of the ninth day, let's see, he said, I slid back from my mount with the feeling that I was too weak to ever remount and I would surely die, lost in this abandoned country. I stretched out upon the ground and slept, not waking until the first gleam of daylight. All right, so he wakes up. What happens? He finally gets some water. He says, I looked across into the uninviting distance and once again came to me the question, have I the soul of a slave or the soul of a free man? Then with clearness, I realized that if I had the soul of a slave, I should give up, lie down in the desert and die, a fitting end for a runaway slave. But if I had the soul of a free man, what then? Surely I would force my way back to Babylon, repay the people who trusted me, bring happiness to my wife who truly loved me, and bring peace and contentment to my parents. Thy debts are thy enemies who have run thee out of Babylon, Sarah had said. Yes, it was so. Why had I refused to stand my ground like a man? Why had I permitted my wife to go back to her father? That would be embarrassing. Was asleep. No, oh, you know how really embarrassing. Strong. Yeah, that would be so. That would probably be one of the most embarrassing things for him and his wife, especially in this age, this time. Oh, I couldn't imagine. Can you imagine what the dad's saying about him while he's there, or while she's there? All the all her friends, man, and yeah. all her friends and family, all his family and friends. Like that doesn't look good. And he's known as town as the guy who you don't give money to. and So all of a sudden, it's like the glasses came off and he sees everything in a different light. He yeah, says, it's not that yellow tint anymore that the, that he was talking about. Mm-hmm. Well, this makes me think about the beginning where we were talking about the hunger. Is this where we're getting the idea maybe from is that the hunger isn't just he's hungry to pay his debts. That's And that this is the first time where he's truly starving for it and he can see how to repay him, what to do, and how to fix it. Yeah, because it does – he's very he's very um, emotional right now. He says, die in the desert, not I. With a new vision, I saw the things that I must do. He fell off the camel because he couldn't sit on it anymore. He was – I'm thinking he was looking at death, eye to eye, basically. And that's when he realized, whoa, I've messed up. It was at that moment he realized he, has met, he had messed up. <laughs> Within me surged the soul of a free man going back to conquer his enemies and reward his friends. I thrilled with the great resolve. Oh, that's cute. The glazed eyes of my camels brightened at the new note in my husky voice. Even the camels get excited. They're like, yeah, finally, we're going to go do something. They're like, thank God we're not sitting here in this hot desert to die. You got your lazy butt up. I'm running out of water in my humps. That's funny. <laughs> so they, he gets up. They go. They, they, they find water. 
they find they come into a more fertile country. There's grass and some fruit. Finds a trail to Babylon because the soul of a free man looks at life as a series of problems to be solved and solves them. While the soul of a slave whines, what can I do? Who am I but a slave? Say that again. <laughs> Dude, this one. is like um, like the lesson. Instead of saying, I cannot afford this, you have to ask yourself, how can I afford it? Absolutely. Like, I remember the first time Connor told me to stop saying, I can't afford that or, or I can't do that. And he, and he said, stop saying this. Try saying, how can I do it? Like, I don't have the 20 bucks for that. How, how can I get 20 bucks for this? Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That was Davisir telling this story. So he, so Davisir finally looks up at Tarkad, who was listening and everyone else to this to these stories, and says, "How about thee, Tarkad? Does thy empty stomach make thy head exceedingly clear? <laughs> Art ready to take the road that leads back to self-respect? Canst thou see the world in its true color? Has thou the desire to pay thy honest debts, however many they may be, and once again be a man respected in Babylon?" Moisture came to the eyes of the youth, and he rose eagerly to his knees. So it seems that he took some notes from the the wife. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> says, thou hast shown me a vision. Already I feel the soul of a free man surge within me. Yeah, someone else asked, hey, but how did you, what did you do when you got back to Babylon? Dabasir replied, where the determination is, the way can be found. And I now had the determination, so I set out to find a way. First, I visited every man to whom I was indebted and begged his indulgence until I could earn that with which to repay. Most of them met me gladly. Several reviled me, but the others offered to help me. One indeed did give me the very help that I needed. It was Mathan, the gold lender of Babylon. Who we should know. Mm-hmm. That guy's that guy's wise. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that guy. Yeah, what happened? Mathan, he... He looks at it, I think he looked at it pragmatically. He said, okay, so what's up? You owe this much money, and then what can you do? So that was here, was like, well, I was a slave, and I tended camels. So Mathan was, uh, he immediately goes, yes. So that's what you're going to do now. And he introduced him to some other dude who did the same thing. So they worked together. So he got him a job, basically. He sent me to old Nabir. Nebatur. Nebatur. He sent me to old Nebatur, the camel trader just commissioned by our good king to purchase many herds of sound camels for the great expedition. With him, my knowledge of camels I put to good use. Gradually, I was able to repay every copper and every piece of silver. Then, at the last, I could hold my head and feel that I was an honorable man among men. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so, he, that's weird that... His skill from being a camel trader is coming this handy. That's all he needed. Like, yeah, you're like, oh, you have to be like a rocket scientist or something. But no, this guy is literally a camel trader and it saved his life. It got him out of debt. It, like, So your job it, or your skill is what's most important. It doesn't matter which skill. We cannot overvalue or undervalue, overlook. We cannot overlook the fact that it was somebody who knew about money who gave him advice. Because if he hadn't gotten the advice, he would have probably, I don't know. Right. He would have yep. tried to work and then put himself back in debt and ended up back in the same That hole. falls in yeah. with like, you know, get yourself a good mentor. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So now Davasir has explained how he did it. Everybody knows what they're doing. They've all been inspired. It's, it says, and then Davasir turned to his food 
<laughs> and then he yells. He yells for the kitchen help. This food is cold. Bring me more meat fresh from the roasting. Bring thou also a very large portion for Tarkad, the son of my old friend, who is hungry, and he shall eat with me. Aww. That's the best wow. part. Yeah. So because he finally decides. Well, no, it's because he knew that he heard him. Right. He did, he's like, I'm going to tell you a story, and if you don't listen, then get out of my face. But he's like, he could tell. The light was in his eyes. He was like, oh, he got the point of the story. So ended the tale of Dabasir, the camel trader of old Babylon. He found his own soul when he realized a great truth, a truth that had been known and used by wise men long before his time. It has led men of all ages out of difficulties and into success, and it will continue to do so for those who have the wisdom to understand its magic power. It is for any man to use who reads these lines. Where the determination is, the way can be found. That's a big amen to that. Perseverance is key. Hmm. It's the snowball effect, I guess, is what it's mostly making me think of, is that you just have to start doing it. And then the determination is what yeah. makes you start, I guess, the original snowball. I agree with that. I agree with And then it will go from there. I understand what you're yeah. saying, dear. No, <laughs> I feel like I was confusing myself. You're saying just take the first step. It get, just keeps getting easier. But the first step is done due to the determination, is what I was trying to say. Right. Yeah. Okay. The term, determination would keep you taking steps too. Yeah. After the first one. And satisfaction, I feel like, would help because once you paid off your first debt, you know, you know how good it would feel. Then you'd probably be pumped to do it again. I mean, we know from our own experience. Mm -hmm. Think about when we get to actually color one of those sheets off. It's the greatest feeling. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. You get to rip it up, put it, throw it away, <laughs> file it, whatever it is. I love it. Frame it. Finally paid this off. We're very All bad right. at ending the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe can we think of a call to action? Can we think of a call to action? Maybe this week it should be try to pay off any of your debts that are well, not, your human debts. You know, well, people, so maybe not that. You don't, it might be too much for people to pay off, but maybe if you have your debts in the back of your mind, maybe you should start thinking about them. Maybe make a list. Maybe write, yeah, down. write them down. Right. Yeah. Down. Start thinking about what debts you have and see what you can do to start paying them back. Even even if it's your mom that you owe fifty dollars to. No, that's what you I was know? trying to say. Even if it's just a little that you borrowed twenty bucks from a friend and you never thought about it again, maybe you should go pay that twenty bucks back. Stop saying you don't have it. Maybe you might have to not buy a bag of chips and a Red Bull for a day, but you can pay. You have the money. You're just choosing not to have the money, basically. The majority of the time. Like you're saying, as long as they're small, meanable, er, manageable debts. Oh, I don't expect you to go pay $50,000. Yeah. yeah, don't go drop 50000 on a loan. I don't, you know, you're not going to say have that. But. but but are you behind a payment? Why are you behind a payment? Can you make your payment? Maybe you really don't need to be late. Can you shut off Netflix for the next three months? I mean, that's something we just did. We went through everything. I mean, we're, we're done with entertainment. There's enough free ones out there now. With Or like our phone comes with HBO, so... There's just so many choices we have already that we don't need 27 video platforms. We really don't, especially when, if, at least, and every, everybody is different. But for us, we maybe watch TV for an hour at the at the very end of the day. It's I'm talking like 12.30 in the morning, some, the TV, we, we pick something to watch for an hour before we pass out. So why pay for all of those options? For a, an hour's worth of, you're barely paying attention to it anyways. Like, are, we've, we're exhausted from doing everything else all day. 
we end up just talking usually yeah. through the whole show. We end up show. pausing <laughs> it and talking and then being like, oh, all right, I guess we'll watch that one tomorrow. Like it's it's just such a waste. It really is. I, yeah, I personally do think it's crazy. Those like people that have every single streaming platform out there. Like, I mean, I maybe get like having one or two if you watch them, but when yeah. you have 10 different streaming platforms, I'm like, do you really use all them or do you watch them once every few yeah, weeks maybe right. because that was, you have so many? That was us. That's what I'm saying. I'm no, like, that's what – yeah, we were like, when you, do we watch – like Hulu, we watch that – oh, like maybe we watch a movie once a month on it. But then it's like, so we're paying all this money to watch one movie? We could just go buy a movie. Like, Yeah, yeah. I mean, if you use it, great, but no, we, yeah. we realized Each that we own. weren't using it, so it was a total waste of – I mean, I'm talking like 60, 80 bucks a month on these on these things we weren't even using. If you don't want to use movies, say your gym membership then that some people pay for and you don't, you're not and going, you don't then go they'll anymore cancel it. For whatever like, reason. Quit saying you're yeah. going to go to the gym. <laughs> I remember previously Alita brought up a – she had a beauty box or something, makeup box that would show up. Oh, and that's yeah. That's and you were like, you can't. One day you're like, I have so much beauty products, like, and you just cancel it because you don't even need it. Stop, stop having it shipped to you. All the yeah. all those auto sign up shipping things. You got a Chewy box for your dog, and he's yeah. got 400 toys. Maybe it's time to give it a break for a year. So there, right there, there's so many <laughs> options that you could do. It's it's definitely doable. Uh, even if you, yeah, even the system is is set up so that you can get help should you need it uh, to get out of debt, but. The important thing is, like Connor said, to, to, to do it, take take action. Like the other uh, like the other episode said, the goddess of luck favors men of action and you women. Know, yeah, men, men as a human, men as a human, yeah, men. Can. Yeah, all humans. <laughs> that's 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 the secret. That's what, yeah. Sounds the, good. What What do you guys think about the 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 idea of thinking of debt as your enemy and instead of Thinking of the people who lent you the money as your enemy, think of them as your friends and the debt as your enemy. What What do you guys think about that? I like it. I don't because people, too many people, oftentimes get mad at the people that they owe money to because they're asking for their money back. No, they were your friend because they loaned you money in the first place. They would like to be able to help you out again, but you're you are breaking their trust by not paying them back. So if anything, they should be more upset at you than you should them. Because no, they trust clearly you. last week's that's whole last week's discussion was was that you need to be able to if you're going to loan someone, you need to know that it's worth loaning to. And then it's uh, it's because it's going to cause all this other drama if you don't do it properly. And you know what? If you were determined to if you're determined to pay off your debts, where the determination is, the way can be found. Quoted from the book. The 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 problem was that Nebasir was friends with Tarkat's dad, so he he kind of took a leap of faith there and lent them lent them a silver, and then he didn't pay that, and then he borrowed more, and then Nebasir was oh Nebasir said no, I, I'm not gonna lend you two silver, I'm only gonna lend you a few copper this time. But no, I get what you're saying. Even though he was not paying back his debt, he wasn't like whatever, don't come to me for money he was like he i know him. you're not gonna pay me back so i'll give you something that i don't care so when you take this and you don't pay me back i'm not gonna be mad at you because he wasn't like angry mm -hmm. he was like hey there you are where's my money bud yeah <laughs> he was still he was still the son of his friend so he needed to right to teach him he needed to teach him a lesson yeah. not not teach him a lesson <laughs> teach, him, teach him a lesson kindly humanely 
You were correct. It's two pieces of copper, which I lent before. Also a piece of silver, which I lent to him. Or sorry, two pieces of copper and then a piece of silver I lent to him before that. Another small detail. If you're trying to get out of debt, you don't necessarily need to acquire a new skill or get a better paying job. Go to someone who knows about this stuff and because every case is different. And chances are that doing what you're doing right now is just enough. You just need to restructure your your balance sheet, your budget. For some reason, that made me think of the idea of like a bottle of water is 50 cents at the store, but it's $10 at a theme park. So maybe your skill, you're not, you're getting the 50 cents right now, but it's because you're not putting it in the right spot. And if you could be doing the the exact same job you're doing, but at a whole different location and it would change everything about it. I agree with that. Actually, that sounds just like, I was just talking, well, I brought this up before in the past and then I was just talking to my mom the other day about uh, minimum wage and different, in different places and things like that. And there's definitely the same job in one place. And then a job in another, and it's worth twice as much. Well, you could be a dishwasher for McDonald's. I don't know if they have dishes, but I'm just saying. And (laughs) make, you know, minimum wage, but you went to a fancy restaurant and you did it. They need dishwasher. Like, it's an important thing to them, so they're going to pay them more. Okay, well, I agree with you. And, for example, server pay in the South is $2.16 an hour. And server pay in New York is $9.50 an hour. So, so for the exact moving. same job, just in a different area, you're going to make how much is that? Five times more an hour? Almost? Four times? That's insane. Yeah. Wow. That's I was just talking to my mom about that yesterday. I was like, so like, you don't want to be a server in the South. It's not beneficial. So don't blame your skills, all I'm saying. Blame where you're yeah. – or how you're doing it, maybe. Change your situation, it's n- maybe. Thank you for joining us this week. We hope you've enjoyed our discussion and found it both informative and entertaining. Please stay connected with us and continue the conversation on our social media. You can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also catch us on most podcast platforms and catch up on previous episodes. If you have any suggestions or topics you'd like us to explore in the future, we'd love to hear from you, and you can reach out to us via email at 303andU at gmail.com. Don't forget to leave us a review and share the podcast with your friends and family if you've enjoyed what you've heard. We will be back next week with more engaging topics and insightful conversations. Until then, take care, stay curious, and happy learning.